Tonight, Obi-Wan gets a new writer, Marina Sirtis has a virtual party, and we remember uh, a lot of people. All that and more on this edition of Multiverse Tonight! Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. And here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 70 of Multiverse Tonight. I'm your host, Thomas Townley. So, uh, I hope you're you're doing well. You know, I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. Uh, we in Kansas are still under a stay-at-home order, but my job is considered essential, you know, being in merchant, being in, uh, working at Walmart and all. So, uh, off I go five nights a week, and in a couple of weeks, I'll be moving to the day shift. So, my recording schedule is, is probably going to change. For those of you outside the U.S. who think our leadership has totally botched this, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, if we had a better, you know, if we had better leadership, we'd have got, we would have gotten on this right at the start, but... You, you you go to uh, war, so to speak, with the army you have, not the army you want. So, you know, we're, we're muddling through. We're making the best of what we have. Um, I would like to, uh, again, suggest that uh, you uh, frequent your local comic book store if uh, they have any kind of way you can, you can go there right now. Uh, you know. If not, contact them. Uh, there are a few uh, places that you can just donate. Uh, one, I go to the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Uh, they're a good resource to find out how to how to you know help out comic book creators and uh, comic book shops right now. And I also suggest uh, a company like uh, TKO Comics. If you order from them. Uh, and tell them a of of the comic book shop that you shop at, they will uh, donate fifty percent of of you know what they make on that book to the comic book shop of your choice. So that's kind of a nice thing. But of course, that's comic books. This is uh, Star Trek and sci-fi news. So uh, let's get on with the news. We start off uh, Star Wars news today with The Rise of Skywalker. You know, it could have been a completely different movie several times over. The final Skywalker saga film was written by one writer, scrapped, and then rewritten again. Well, hints of what that movie could have been have been, you know, dripping out these past few weeks, including a book called The Art of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. That's out now. It has different takes on Rey, uh, Ben Solo, and an early scene from the movie. This scene would have had Rey encountering a giant serpent in the forest near the rebel base. 
Luke Fisher, creature concept designer, said about it, quote, Initially, Ray was to encounter the serpent in the surrounding forest of the rubble base. Upon presenting a random designs, JJ informed us that it was no longer in the script. But he would look at the designs anyway. He really liked the direction I'd taken with the serpent designs and joked that maybe he, they should write it back into the script. I presumed that what that was the last we'd see of the serpent. Sometime later, we got word that it had indeed been written back in, this time in an underground cave system. Unquote. The book is out now, as I said, and retails for uh, around $28. Now, uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, didn't do so well. It uh, kind of limped along at the box office and got generally poor reviews, so bad that the Star Wars one-off series of films were just axed entirely. But would it surprise you that a social media campaign has been spurred called hashtag make solo to happen? And Ron Howard has been quoted as saying that a sequel wouldn't be out of the question. Now, w would anyone really want to see that sequel? You know, I didn't think Solo a Star Wars story was half bad. You know, it was pretty, you know, pretty interesting. You know, so you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, the Obi-Wan series has been yanked back for retooling. As a new writer, Variety reports that Joby Harold has been sent in to replace Hossein Amani. Harold uh, has previously been executive producer of John Wick 3 and wrote Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Ewan McGregor is still slated to reprise ben, uh, the role as Ben Kenobi. Now, no additional details have been uh, presented, so, you know, we're still kind of in a wait and see on uh, this on this Obi-Wan series. Hopefully, hopefully it'll come out before the end of this decade. Well, sorry to squash you like the Emperor squashing the Rebellion, but it ain't gonna happen. According to writer Jonathan Kazan, the writer took to Twitter in response to a tweet about it, saying, quote, Don't think anyone's pursuing a solo sequel at the moment, at Kenobi JJ. I think a feature at this point would be a tough sell, and the D-plus Star Wars slate is really pretty packed. All shows I'm looking forward to. My work on indie is long over, but I'm excited. There's forward movement. He also followed up on why it couldn't just be converted into a show for Disney+, Plus, saying, quote, Certainly appreciate, but hard to advocate for. And here's why. With multiple Star Wars series in development slash production, set at different points in the timeline, without knowing what stories they're telling, and I don't, Hard to know what a solo series would even be be with so much on the way, unquote. So in other words, it's not likely. You're, you're better off kissing a Wookiee. Now, uh, while we're uh, here, let's uh, talk a little business news. With the coronavirus putting Disney's business in carbonite, Disney's chairman, Bob Iger, has announced that he will be willing to forego his salary. While new Disney CEO Bob Chopek will take just half of his salary. Now, if you're wondering what his salary is, an email obtained by The Hollywood Reporter puts Chopek's base salary at roughly $2.5 million with an annual target bonus of $7.5 million and an annual long-term incentive grant 
of 15 million. Iger's pay last year was around 47.5 million. You know, on one hand, I, I totally applaud this. You know, I, I think it's the right move, but I think Chopek could cut his pay to just a million or so and make sure the Disney employees get every dime they deserve, as this crisis probably will last for months and months. So, uh, you know, they're not going to be opening the Disney theme parks, ain't, you know, in the in the immediate future. They're not going to be have these people work. So, you know, give that money to those employees. Anyway, uh, let's go on to the Star Trek news. Star Trek Picard is done for the season. You know, I, I loved it. I love it put Data's demise in ne Nemesis in context and you know I think it was a good ending that finally that Brent Spiner can finally put that character to bed however for some the show has been controversial uh, they've been unhappy with the state of the Federation at this point with you know, drug use saying that the characterization of Picard is wrong etc etc now in an interview with uh, Variety showrunner Michael Chabon told them he knows that the show is divisive and he doesn't mind at all. Responding to a question about the fan response, he said that, quote, It's been pretty exciting. I think inevitably I spent a fair amount of time looking around on Twitter and Reddit, you know, trying to get a sense of people's responses. Twitter's kind of a horrible place, too, so I wasn't really encouraged to spend too much time looking around. But then I came up with this forum, setting up an Instagram story once a week to take people's questions. One of my children showed me how you can use Instagram in that way, and that's been really fun for me. As someone who's spent a fair amount of time over the years on Memory Alpha, looking on Reddit, enjoying the way people enjoy Star Trek Online, it's been so fun to see the show getting absorbed into the kind of greater corpus of Star Trek. What makes me feel good is when I see it being treated, in a sense, the same by fans as previous versions of the show." Unquote. By the way, uh, did you know that he is a fan? Uh, in fact, he hated the first season of The Next Generation when it premiered. It wasn't until the second season that he started to see how good it could be, and he knows where the haters are coming from, saying, quote, As someone who's watched a lot of Star Trek, you're comparing something that you have now seen once with huge expectations, to something that in some cases you've seen hundreds of times. It takes a while for you to shed our expectations, your biases, your prejudices. I was prejudiced in favor of Mr. Spock, Captain Kirk, Dr. McCoy, and it took a long time to lose that." Unquote. And in the interview, he also talks about how the fan response doesn't factor into the prep for Season 2. He says in the interview that Season 2 will be different from Season 1 and that they've been emboldened by the success of Season 1. Now, folks, I, I could go on and on about this article, but it would be pointless for me uh, to uh, just read it in, you know, to you. So uh, be sure to head on over to Variety.com and read it. It's a very interesting look at the first season of Picard and the man behind it. And I'll have a link to it in our show notes. And I promise this week to actually get the show notes up. You know, I, I will admit that last, you know, the last two episodes I was, you know, I forgot to put the show notes up, so everything will get put up. Trust me. <laughs> 
Patrick Stewart was a guest on the official Star Trek Picard podcast and talked about Picard's state of mind and his future post, the first season. He told host Dominic Patton, quote, he has no idea where he is at, at is at because he has no idea what the future now might hold for him, which is what I think makes the matter of season two so exciting. He's pulled off a very, very successful mission through the first 10 episodes of season one, and he feels that therefore he can be certain that his abilities have not be become fractured. His skills as, a, as an ambassador, as a negotiator, as a decision maker are still present. Given that he can bring to them the right sort of mental attitude and focus, I think he is actually excited by the ignorance that he feels about the future. He doesn't know, and he would rather be at the point of undertaking something he doesn't know anything about than sitting on the veranda in his vineyard in France. Unquote. You know, very interesting. Uh, Picard, right now, is essentially living on borrowed time. He's been granted a few more years of life, so what will he do with the time that he has left? You know, I too doubt, doubt that he that he'll go back to the vineyards in France. I'm sure you know his his two Romulan friends will be happy to keep running the vineyard for him. Now, in that same podcast, uh, Akiva Goldsman gave an update on what on where they are on the plot of season two, saying that they're still working it out. Michael Jabon also in an article with The Hollywood Reporter, talked about how thrilled he was to write for Whoopi Goldberg's Guinan, saying, quote, It's amazing. I've gone back to rewatch some of the more key Guinan episodes from The Next Generation, the major Picard and Guinan moments. She, she's such an amazing actor. I can't wait. You know, season two is, is just going to be interesting. So you, you have the addition of, you know, Whoopi, Gold, Whoopi Goldberg's character, which I'm sure... She's going to be kind of the catalyst character for the season. You know, the reason why he's, you know, boldly going. You have the crew totally in place. So, you know, I'm very excited to see it. You know, whenever, whenever we get it. Now, uh, the COVID-19 virus has ruined many a celebration. Social distancing has meant that weddings have been had, had to be held with 10 or fewer people. Funerals have to become a very intimate affair, and birthdays have had to become drive-bys or just done in cyberspace. And so, when Marina Sirtis, who just celebrated her 65th birthday, uh, couldn't have her castmates from Next Generation together to celebrate, the cast came together via Zoom to wish her a happy birthday. Picard Stewart, LeVar Burton, Brent Spiner, Jonathan Frakes, Michael Dorn, Gates McFadden, and Will Wheaton uh, all uh, were on the call. Marina posted a screenshot of the meeting on Twitter with the caption, I have the best friends in the world. Considering everything, this was the best birthday present, unquote. Now, Gates uh, McFadden also added on her Twitter, quote, different shot, but same amazing group. What a blast it was to chat away and laugh. Felt so good, and LeVar wrote on his, overcoming the distance, hashtag family, unquote. Well, very happy birthday, to Marina Sirtis, you know, I, uh, you know, she's always been, you know, my favorite character. She's been my sister's favorite char character. I mean, she's, you know, and, and she's a great lady in person. I've, you know, met her a couple times. So, you know, happy birthday.
Now, turning to other shows other than Picard, Jonathan Frakes, uh, speaking with Star Trek magazine, talked about season three of Discovery and, quote, Discovery feels to me like my home show now. I just finished episode three, season three. We're far in the future now, and Burnham has been separated from the Discovery crew. And then they reignite. Reunite. I was talking with Sonequa. We were talking and acting. She's one of those actors not unlike Picard, uh, unlike Patrick, where you can give a note, and it's like a fine musician. It's just enough to get in tune on that particular beat or that microtransaction. As opposed to when you give a note to someone who doesn't have the technique and they drop everything else and only play the note you've just given them. Sonequa and Patrick and most of these actors have that technique. I said to her, this character is so appealing and interesting and complicated and always has been, and but there's a little more joy now. Now, she said to me, because Burnham is no longer driven by fear and guilt, I thought, wow, unquote. Now, it sounds to me like we're going to get a very different Michael Burnham character this season. Yeah. Uh, and we're still, of course, waiting for that. Now, about the challenges, the show's new setting, 930 years from the last season, um, Mr. Uh, Frakes said, quote, They're also thrilled. That's the adventure, technically, financially, emotionally. You can create worlds that nobody has seen before because you're not limited to anything. That's freeing, but it's also completely exhausting because even a show this big has to stay on a budget. Everything can't be created digitally. Some of the stuff has to be real. We just have to have some things you can touch in the future. Obviously, there could be a lot of stuff that's holographic or where your mind is connected to something. These are all things we know are coming just from the way we use our iPhones to run our lives and plan our trips. So finding a future that's futuristic, but is practical to shoot, has been fascinating. You can't get caught up in the technology. It is about maintaining a basic core of why we're there, which is to tell emotionally compelling stories. That's been the driving force, as opposed to the other way around. Nobody is making the mistake of, this has to look cool. It's great when things look cool, but you don't give a damn about the people or what's happening. It doesn't matter. Unquote. Now, Star Trek, Ma Star Trek Magazine issue number 75 is out right now with that interview. So, uh, you know, order it today. Now, let's go on to the geek news. Now, the geek news starts off with Netflix. Much loved and needed, as it is today, but you know, it's still a business. And Variety has confirmed that both V Wars and October Faction have been canceled by the streaming service. Both shows were produced by IDW Entertainment. Now, some good news for IDW, though, as uh, Lock and Key has been given the green light for a second season. Now, I personally still need to work on watching season one of Lock and Key. You know, the you know part of the problem about not being one of those non-essential employees, you know, I don't get the luxury of staying home and just binging TV. So pretty much, you know, I'm just going to have to, you know, grin and bear it. Now, this year has turned into a real crap fest for theater owners. 
pretty much the whole spring and fall movie season is is a complete loss. Well, good news, the National Association of Theater Owners and the Pioneer Assistance Fund has created an initial $2.4 million fund to help provide the financial assistance to movie theater owners who are in a pickle with this pandemic. The two organizations have said that the first part of this plan will be a grant program that will provide a stipend to theater workers that meets specific criteria, such as having worked a minimum of five years. Yeah, this sounds uh, very, very good, very helpful. Although I think a minimum of five years is a little much. I think that should probably be cut down to, you know, maybe a year. You know, those people should, should get at least something. Because... Do you know many theater workers who who have been in the in working in theaters for more than five years? Personally, you know when you go to the theater, you know I I go to the theater. There seems to be a lot of turnover at the, at a lot of these theaters. Anyway, speaking of films, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the people who bring us the Golden Globe Awards is altering their film eligibility rules for the 2021 awards because of the pandemic. With theaters shuttered until such time as this is under control, the Golden Globes has suspended the rule that film must be screened for HFPA members at a third-party facility in the greater Los Angeles area. Instead, according to the article in Variety, quote, the new guidelines state that distributors must contact the HFPA to arrange a screening date on the official HFPA calendar that meets the timing requirements of the Golden Globe's eligibility rules. Distributors must provide all HFPA members with a screening link or a DVD copy of the film on the home date that the screening is scheduled so that members may view it at home. It will be in effect from March 15th through April 30th, 2020. Unquote. Now, this is kind of very similar to how the Oscars are generally picked. You know, so far, the Oscars haven't announced any changes for the next year, so watch this space. If something does come up, I'll let you know. Now, this this is going to be tough. A lot of sad news. A lot of, lot of people have passed away. So, bear with me. Classic cult uh, horror... Cult classic horror director Stuart Gordon has passed away at the age of 72 from organ failure. Gordon is best known for writing and directing Reanimator and From Beyond. He also wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and produced Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Now, he also wrote 1993's Body Snatchers and wrote, directed, and produced Space Truckers and much, much more. Uh, he is survived by his wife, Carolyn Purdy, and his three children. Bond Girl... Honor Blackman, who starred as Pussy Galore in the James Bond classic Goldfinger, has passed away at the age of 94. She also starred in the first two seasons of the British series The Avengers as Kathy Gale, but quit to appear in uh, Goldfinger. She also starred as Hera in 1963's Jason and the Argonauts, and was an accomplished judo expert, publishing a book in 1966 called Honor Blackman's Book of Self-Defense. Honor was married twice and had two adopted children and four grandchildren. She died of natural causes. The coronavirus has claimed Star Wars actor Andrew Jack. Andrew, who was also a British dialect coach, 
worked over with over 200 actors, including Robert Downey Jr., Pierce Brosnan for his James Bond movies, and he also created the Middle-Earth accents and taught Elvish and Black Speech for the Lord of the Rings movies, and so much more. He can be seen in the Star Wars sequel trilogy movies, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, as Callian Emmett, and voiced Moloch in Star Wars in Solo, A Star Wars Story. At the time of his passing, he was working on The Batman. His widow, Gabrielle Rogers, wrote on Twitter about his passing, quote, We lost a man today. Andrew Jack was diagnosed with coronavirus two days ago. He was in no pain, and he slipped away peacefully, knowing that his family were all with him. Unquote. He was 76 years old. The coronavirus also claimed another actor who's appeared in Star Wars, actor Jay Benedict. Among his first roles was first roles ever was that of Deke, one of Luke Skywalker's friends. However, that scene ended up on the cutting room floor. He also played the role of Newt's father in Aliens and had an appearance in The Dark Knight Rises. He was 68 years old. Also uh, passed away from coronavirus is Lee Fierro, who is best known for playing Mrs. Kittner, the mother of the second Jaws victim in the classic uh, movie. Now, uh, she died away from complications from the virus, according to the Martha's Vineyard Times. Lee was initially a resident of Martha's Vineyard, but had been living in an assisted care facility in Ohio uh, these past few years when she died. She was 91 years old. And that brings us to the end of the sci-fi news. And be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you'd like to contribute some money, please visit mtpodcast.com to go to our coffee, Patreon, and now glow.fm links as well. And just go or just go to Multiverse Tonight and uh, hit the support me button at the top of the page. And be sure to visit multiversetonight.com and check out the affiliate marketplace links, the link to the T Public store, show notes, and so much more. Now, if you're a subscriber, please be sure to share us with your friends. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us with some feedback and let us know how we're doing in general. Special thanks to Shane Ivers for our intro music and Lobo Loco for our outro theme music. Thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in just a couple days with the, with the uh, comic book edition. Now please, exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is the production of Half Big Genre Productions, copyright 2020. All rights reserved.